0: Hello, Jimmy Bones here again and welcome to the episodes podcast where we interview educators from around the world and discuss innovation in education technology and share stories from the world of teaching and learning in a digital age. And what incredible stories we are hearing in these very strange times. Of course, as you are listening to this, you are probably in similar lockdown conditions as I am. And a lot of the teachers we are talking to have been incredibly helpful in providing support and guidance for these difficult times. And a lot of you will be working from home for the first time. And so today is the third show where we talk to a seasoned professional remote worker who is also an educator and figure out what we can do to improve our productivity and stay happy while we're working from home. So in today's show, I am speaking with Paula Prouse. Paula, who you may have heard of before, is also the producer of episodes, and so we are incredibly lucky to get her time to actually participate and talk with me on this show. I am personally very excited and delighted to be talking with her today. Paula is a trained secondary French and English teacher and gets a real buzz about education and lifelong learning. In 2018, she graduated with her Master's of Education with distinction, I might add, focusing on educational leadership and also the integration of digital technologies into the classroom. At EP, she is the leader of pedagogy. In this role, she drives different projects, such as our teaching and learning in the digital age, LinkedIn and Facebook groups, and our episodes podcast to provide educators with the latest educational research in bite-sized chunks and to promote collaboration amongst educators around the world. And I'm sure you will agree she's doing a great job with that. Without further ado, I give you Paula Prowse. Paula, hello. Hi, Jimmy. How are you today?
1: So glad to be talking to you.
0: Well, that is lovely to hear. Um, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat in these strange, strange times. But uh, I think it's super important for us to keep the conversation going and the dialogue lively and keep our advice flowing out if we have any. And I know that you are one person I have thought about who will undoubtedly have good advice and sage wisdom to share with the teachers out there who are desperately trying to be effective from the comfort of their spare rooms and offices. Mm. And already we have been in contact with people around the world who um, are teaching from home, teaching remotely, and everyone has their own struggles and challenges and conversely good ideas. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. So firstly, how are you coping with everything so far?
1: Um, well, yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge as my husband and I navigate working from home with our one and three year old. But I'm pretty good, because we've got, you know, a lovely house, we've got food, and there are a lot um, worse situations out there. So trucking along, and it's good to carry on working and have conversations with you. So, hmm.
0: Oh, that's good to hear. Um, So before we launch into what kind of tips and tricks you might have, because obviously we're colleagues, just so Mm -hmm. the listeners know, we know each other and we both work from home. So we are in a profession which uh, allows that. And and I know that you're well used to it at this point, but you are from a teaching background. Your field of expertise is education. So would you mind giving us a little bit of background about who you are?
1: Sure. So um, my background is teaching French and English. My absolute passion is um, French. I loved it. So I taught secondary school in Wellington before moving over to Education Perfect. And I have recently completed my Master's of Education because I feel it's just so important to keep on learning and modelling that lifelong learning. And I have a real deep passion for digital technologies and using them effectively in the classroom. So my teaching uh, my background is in teaching and the shift to working from home was a big one for me as a teacher um but I'm I'm really well set up now so yeah
0: what was it about the digital teaching model or that area of education that excited you
1: oh because I just think there are so many um powerful things that can really enhance the learning and the relationship between the technology, the teacher, and the student. And I know that it can be really overwhelming for a lot of people, um, especially now with so many resources available and, and things out there. But it can really, I just feel, effective digital tools or using digital technologies in a really effective way can just totally reshape how learning occurs in the digital age.
0: Yeah. Like anything, there are incredible opportunities, but there's also so much that we have to so much thinking about it. So
1: say, much, yeah.
0: To kind of uh, hone it and polish it and make sure we're doing the right things. It's it's a, a very complex world. Thank you for that. Given mm-hmm. given the current situation, of course, we have lockdown measures in so many yeah. countries now. Obviously, here in New Zealand, we're fully locked down, more or less. Mm. And so for teachers who are now suddenly in the position that they have to engage their students remotely, mm. which um, is no small task. No. What kind of advice would you give them for any of these tasks that they have to do? Not just the actual pedagogy, but also managing themselves.
1: Well, I think firstly, I just have so much empathy and compassion for these educators who are now thrust into this online world. Yeah. Because effectively, a lot of them have had to teach, um, you know, overhaul all of their lessons, everything that they've prepared, and just move it onto online. And I just really feel for teachers at the moment and also for students because, you know, for them, they no longer have that face to face contact with their peers, with their teachers. And so I think my first bit of advice for teachers would be just take a breath and keep it as simple as possible. I know that every school is doing it differently, but really, I think that the timetable should be relaxed because it is a huge expectation for teachers to be doing their six periods a day fully online. You know, just staring at a screen for that length of time is really intense. And also, I just don't think that they would really have enough time to be Making effective lessons, you know, with no lead up or no time to be putting them online. So, if at all possible, I think that the timetable could be relaxed a little bit. It just would ease the pressure, I think, on both sides for teachers and students.
0: I guess it's um, it's not a school day. No, strictly speaking, it's a it. Now, when we think about this huge shift in uh, behaviour, it's a home and school and play.
1: It's a real mix. Yeah, and I think sometimes we forget that the learning will be different from the classroom context and how the learning occurs is going to be different too. Because, you know, you've got teachers who many of them have families and they're trying to manage that. And then the student is dealing with the dynamics within their family. And also there's just a lot of stress at the moment and worry and concern around. So that's another um, aspect that's thrown into the mix. So Mm. it seems obvious to say, but yeah, the learning will be very different from the classroom.
0: Yeah. So this is a message well worth repeating and unpacking quite frequently um, that the psychological challenges here are significant. And if we think about everybody's family dynamic, and as you said, have empathy for what might be the situation in a student's home, um, then reducing the complexity mm. of our teaching is essential. And talking to various people about this and thinking about my own situation and, and your situation as well, you know, you've got a child at home and I've got children at home, there has to be an acknowledgement that education will happen naturally as well <laughs> and absolutely there's a human connection element that trumps everything here we have to connect with each other and, and parents will connect with, with their children a bit more through this so yeah i i agree it's very well said um in in light of when uh, of the actual teaching practice And when the teachers decide, okay, well, I'm going to do something, I'm going to start planning some lessons and interact, what kind of practical advice do you have based on your experience? So
1: I think when thinking about online and teaching and learning online, you really need to have a mix of group and individual tasks. It can sometimes be quite easy to default into just setting individual things up for every student or just say, all right, this is what you're going to do. For this hour but it really uh, you really need to have a mix because things like say google docs or google hangouts that allows the students and teachers to come together because everybody is now separated so from a student's perspective they need the chance to be able to collaborate with their peers because that's how a lot of learning can occur so making sure that the lesson or the day or the week is built into having individual tasks that a student can kind of work on at their own pace. And then also, we all come together in small groups. And then I think also the technologies that really allow that. We can see face-to-face and you can see the visual cues um, to support understanding because when you're behind a screen and just getting emails or messages, it can be really hard to identify the students that might be struggling or not understanding mm, a concept. It's yeah. very different, isn't it, um, Jimmy? When you're in the class and you're moving around and you can see the students and you kind of can of get that feeling. So I think having a mix of activities, first of all, would be the my big thing for when it comes to planning.
0: On that point, I think we have... Have this idea that students are out there really depressed because they can't communicate with each other, and we know that there's a huge incentive there for. I mean, I'm I'm talking particularly about the year levels that I taught, which would be high school, mm. but I'm sure it's similar yeah. for um, middle school as well where you know that they want to communicate with each other. They're probably doing it on social media anyway. Absolutely. Um, So Mm. why not harness that with the way you manage your class and allow them to communicate a lot more, but just facilitate that with some sort of learning outcome.
1: Yeah, totally. I think we could definitely be using, you know, the different types of social networking sites, you know, the Messenger, the the WhatsApp chats, you know, all of those things are really good. And I would kind of caveat that with the awareness of maybe security concerns as well. So if you've got a Facebook mm. group, maybe it's set to private. You've got kind of some rules that you co-construct before you jump into a messenger chat so that everyone's got the same expectation but yeah use the yeah. tools that the students are using they're comfortable with it they're familiar with it take your kind of cue from them they've got lots to teach us and <laughs> yeah. but also saying that as well is that they're not all the same this whole idea of digital natives for students you know there'll be a very big variety of skill or digital competency amongst your students, and. I guess it all just comes down to knowing your students and you will have already built those relationships with them um, throughout the year. So you'll be able to know and get a feel for what's appropriate. And I would just ask them what works for us, what works for you, Um, what works for us as a class, as a team.
0: I wonder, thinking about the relationships that are required for a student to be successful, I've always felt, I'm sure you will agree, that the parent is incredibly important in that dynamic Mm -hmm. and they have a huge influence. I wonder now if we have an increased emphasis on that relationship between teacher and parent and because all these teachers are teaching remotely, if there'll be a bit more contact with parents because parents are in a situation where they will have to do some teaching as well and do some guidance. And if they want to rely on the school teacher for whatever subject, Mm. they'll probably have to communicate a bit more with them.
1: I think so. Definitely having a great communication with the wider parents and whānau is so important. Um, Mm. And I I have, again, a lot of empathy for the parents as well, because a lot of them are really nervous about, am I now going to have to teach my student um, all of these new concepts and also worrying about their job and things going on. But I think if the if teachers can reach out over email whatever way and kind of engage that community of that family it's just going to be so much more successful for learning to occur especially if this is medium to long-term thing we just have no idea so
0: yeah i mean there's a lot of unknowns here but i i, I am very much trying to be without being glib because i know how serious this whole thing is but i am trying to be positive about the potential outcomes for education here yeah i think that Relationship building that can occur in this type of scenario where people are locked down with their children might be just what we need. It might be the the relationship building that will consolidate the kind of relationships we need in our communities so that education can flourish. Flourish.
1: Yeah, snap. Absolutely. I I think that's beautiful. And I don't see why we can't do that. Um, If everyone has the access to that technology or ability to communicate, that would be a wonderful way to consolidate those relationships.
0: Can you talk to us a little bit about, so there's a few concepts that are important uh, mm. in this time for teachers to understand. And one of them, which may not be immediately obvious is asynchronous and synchronous. Mm. teaching tools. Would you mind unpacking that a little bit for us? Yeah.
1: yeah. So asynchronous tools, these are tools that don't happen in real time. So they're things like email blogs, messengers, they're tried and true ways to communicate. And I really like these kind of tools because they're simple. They do allow for social engagement, students to interact with one another, the teacher and students to interact, and um, they can collaborate. But there's also time for reflection, which I think is so crucial for students when they're learning things that they've got time to think and unpack and reflect. So I think that a lot of the learning can be using these tools. They're kind of tried and tested freely and widely available. And then maybe just add a smattering of the synchronous tools, which those are the things like we're doing right now over a Zoom conversation. So they are happening at the time. Yeah, And they can be a little bit harder to manage, but I think once you set it up, um, they're really useful because they allow for social interaction, immediate feedback, students can collaborate, you can check in, and they're really wonderful for allowing that kind of learning and collaboration to occur as well. So I think a mix of both of those tools will really help both the teachers and, and students.
0: Awesome. That's very well explained. Thank you. Now, thinking about the reliance on tools and technology here, which is very much at the center in everybody's minds, I think mm. that it's default it's like the default setting to go I need computer, I need internet, yeah. I need fancy software programs what about when these things don't work?
1: Yeah, and how often does that happen? So frequently. So (laughs) these kind of things like the faulty internet, devices breakdown, these can now have real implications for the learning because they're so frustrating for both students and teachers. So having some kind of backup plan when these things fail and the teachers that have been kind of thrust into online learning straight away with maybe no time to develop paper-based resources. Yeah. Not sure really what I would suggest there, but I guess, again, I always come back to that understanding and empathy that these things will happen and just figuring out, okay, how can we revisit it? How can we work around? How can we maybe use mobile devices in a way that knowing that these things will happen and just having a bit of a plan for when they fail?
0: One of the things that has come up in some of the forums and stuff that I've been reading is that there seems to be not enough information about guiding teachers and coordinating with each other. Um, So there's a lot of social media stuff going on and there's a lot of chat and there's a lot of resource sharing, but communicating with teachers in your school or in your department to block out the time of the day to work together Yep. And plan together and to see if you have mutually beneficial resources that you can swap and share and talk about the students. What we would normally do when we're in school, we would, yeah. we would have staff meetings, we'd have conferences and we would get our heads around why a student is doing well or not doing so well. And then we'd come up with a plan together and that kind of collegiality can perhaps still occur. Uh, obviously, if, you, if your internet goes down, then we're in big trouble, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess phones and stuff. But I, I think they're, they're, there's like a phased realization of things happening where it's um, the first instance is, we have to teach students all day, and we have to treat it like a school day. Uh, but then you start to realize, wait a minute, we can't just do that. We have to. We have we've other parts of our role as teachers and educators. And one of the big things I was thinking about is inspiration. You know, if you don't have a strong, confident um, understanding of digital tools, you mm-hmm. are still a trained teacher who knows yeah. how to inspire and motivate and capture the imagination of of young people, and that's powerful in and of itself just to come up with ideas to try and get them thinking. But whatever the situation is, teachers will want to teach no matter what. And yeah. so they'll find a way, I guess. They will, yeah. I have a few more questions, sure. if you don't mind. Yeah. One of the things I want to ask all of the educators that I speak to during this time is, what is your ideal outcome? Hopefully things work out. Hopefully this, this, the virus gets under control. Mm. We We have a return to some form of normalcy in the future. It's hard to be specific, but what would be your ideal outcome for education?
1: What a good question. So my ideal outcome for education, once this is all passed, is that teachers can understand the value that digital technology brings in helping students achieve learning outcomes that we've also had a chance to kind of reset, think about what values are important to us. So things such as relationships with our students, the relationships with the parents and the wider family, and that we've really been able to consolidate those relationships. And also perhaps that we have addressed, especially I guess over New Zealand, the issues of perhaps inequity with the technology. So those people who have not had access Can we balance or make the playing field a bit more level so we all can have access to that?
0: Mm. Yeah. That would be my three things. Wonderful answer. My next question is if you could recommend one object for all of the teachers out there who now have to set up like uh, home offices and work remotely to help them get through the day, one object or thing, what would it be?
1: <laughs> so many things just popped to mind there. But do you know what? I actually think a good chair because <laughs> yes. teachers are so mobile and always walking around the classroom and now you're going to be in front of the um, screen. And 100% a good chair so you can be sitting comfortably is so vital. (laughs) Not to be underestimated, Jimmy.
0: (laughs) Yes. Could not agree more. And you know, I say that and I do not have a chair. I have have a a wooden stool and I stand on one of those kind of soft mat things, which I find Um, really helpful. But I I have yet to buy a chair. I've procrastinated buying a chair for so long now. I don't
1: know. Get onto it.
0: (laughs) That's an incredible piece of advice. And so, so good. Okay. Last question. What is your teaching from home suggested soundtrack?
1: Oh, oh my gosh. What a question. (laughs) Um, I think at this stage, it would be anything to be calming my nerves and bringing me down. So Mm. I love Beethoven. I can't fully focus if I have lyrics in the background. So anything string classical would be good for me. But you know what? Sometimes you just need a rev up. And so (laughs) some rudimental or EDM music would be getting me going in the morning for a a full day of teaching.
0: (laughs) So Beethoven as the the bedrock soundtrack, but sprinkle a bit of EDM in there. There we go. (laughs) Keeping it fresh. Any specific Beethoven piece that you are particularly fond of? The second movement of the seventh
1: symphony, I, I love.
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah. Any specific EDM artists or <laughs> DJ that you could recommend?
1: Um, What are we listening to at the moment on repeat? It's Games Continued. That's the song title, but I can't, I think it's Baker Matt Remix.
0: Okay, that's
1: good. <laughs> there we go. We'll just sprinkle that in there, Jimmy. Yeah, Games Continued.
0: You're going to have so many teachers relaxing in bliss to that Movement yeah. from Beethoven and then a good <laughs> good little jig and a good little dance yeah. afterwards. That's wonderful. I think um, I won't keep you too much longer. Thank you so much for all of that wisdom. It's very much appreciated. I'm learning so much from these conversations and I'm sure our listeners will as well. And if if you are listening out there, I just want to mention that Paula, who you were listening to, is also the producer of this show. (laughs) And uh, so I'm very privileged to have your time today, Paula.
1: The privilege is all mine, Jimmy. I love talking to you.
0: Thanks so much and best of luck with everything and any parting words, if there's any, would you mind if teachers got in touch with you for any questions or follow up, how could they do that? Oh,
1: absolutely. So I am on Twitter. I think it's press Paula is my handle, um, either anywhere that this is published, my email will be attached to it as well. So just roll on in anytime.
0: Okay, go well, Paula, stay safe and I will chat to you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Jimmy. Bye. Bye. Hello, Jimmy here again. Thank you very much for listening please do subscribe to the podcast on your podcast service of choice. We would really appreciate it if you could do that and share it with friends and colleagues who you know will find this interesting. And again, I implore you to get in touch with us and give us your comments, your suggestions, your questions, and also anybody who you think we should reach out to to interview. We would appreciate that input. Of course, if you haven't already, join our LinkedIn group, Teaching and Learning in the Digital Age, and you're very welcome to post articles and comments and have some input on that group as well thank you again take care stay happy and keep learning